you have your Bibles, turn with me to the 23rd Psalm. I am very careful about doing series of sermons or messages simply because it is very easy to get into a rut and become boring and people lose interest and we have a very short attention span uh, in the day in which we live. We live in the megabyte world and uh, uh, everything is measured and so if it's not new and improved, we often don't even give it a second glance. But I hope tonight that you will indulge me another journey to the 23rd Psalm. I must confess to you tonight that since I have started a, a restudy and a reexamination of the 23rd Psalm, I have been enriched myself. Many things that I have known through ministry and through preaching through the years and studying has been rediscovered and I am so thankful for what God has uh, begun to uh, reveal to me afresh and has brought a fresh appreciation for the Word of God. So let's go to Psalm 23. It's not a long one, so let's just read it together. Read it out loud together with me if you would, beginning in verse number one. He said, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And somebody said, Amen. Part of the pageantry and drama of this song is found in the relationship that is expressed in the very first words of this psalm, and that is the relationship between a shepherd and his sheep. And the psalmist makes the clear, decisive statement that the Lord, speaking of the Lord Jehovah, the only God, is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, I, there's a relationship between us. It's not casual, it's personal. It's not just a head knowledge, it's a heart knowledge. It's not just something that I've seen. It's something that I've experienced. He had come under the care of God so much in his life that when he began to look back over life, he saw how God's hand upon his life paralleled his own hand upon the sheep that he had been responsible for as just a lad and how that God had guided him and directed him. And so when he considers all of that, he makes one of the most profound statements in all of Scripture. And that is, I 
shall not want. I shall not want. I will not want for leadership. I will not want for substance. I will not want for refreshment. I will not want for food. I will not want for care. And you could name dozens of things that are brought into the scope of this picture when you understand what David is saying here in this beautiful psalm. When I read it, there is an intensity about this song that stirs me. There is something about it that causes me to look at it carefully and examine very carefully every word and every statement so that I can pull out of it and ream out of it everything that God has for me. In our look at the 23rd Psalm, we are viewing life from the perspective of a sheep that is in the care of the good shepherd. And as you read, you become acutely aware that these are the claims of one who knows who he belongs to. And because he knows who he belongs to, he knows that he has certain privileges and certain promises. And so when you read the 23rd Psalm and you read it carefully, you understand that he is boasting in reality about the benefits of having a relationship with God. But not only is that what is portrayed, what I have seen more and more in my study is a glimpse of life not just from the perspective of the sheep, but from the perspective of the shepherd and his display of commitment and care and concern, his love and his watchfulness over his sheep. I am made aware of the watchful care that he has over his people. Here are the promises that are given to those who walk with him. He said, I shall not want, for he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Verse number 3, he said, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. I want to talk to you about those last two for a few moments tonight. He restoreth my soul. It seems strange that this statement would be included in such a song of a great shepherd who watches over and is concerned about every need of sheep. Surely it would be assumed that anyone under the good shepherd's care could never possibly become so depressed in his soul that he would need to be revived, that he would need to be restored or resuscitated. Could it be possible that somebody walking with the good shepherd could become discouraged or they could become depressed or down or, as the scripture said, cast down. 
as astonishing as it may seem, the fact is that does happen. All of us sitting here tonight have been through times or perhaps some of you are even in them right now where you have felt cast down or you have gone through a season of discouragement and depression and you know that you are walking with God. How can this be? How can one who walks with a good shepherd that is concerned about all of my needs and so much so that he would make the boast, I shall not want, and yet there are times that I would need to be restored or I would need to be brought back to life or something would get so heavy in my life and so burdensome in my life that I would literally feel like I was dying and I would need him to come and minister, nurture strength to me and help get me on my feet. David knew what it was to taste defeat in his life and he knew what it was to feel the frustration of having fallen to temptation. He was acquainted with the bitterness of feeling hopeless and without strength. He said in one verse, he said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? David knew of what he was talking. Even a man or a woman walking with God, there are times and there are circumstances when one can become cast down or discouraged and you can become dejected or frustrated or even at some point in life, feel a sense of hopelessness. The word that is used here, the word restore, is a very powerful Hebrew word. It literally means he brings back my soul. He brings back my soul. And it refers to not only bringing a soul back to health and strength, but possibly even bringing it back from a lost condition or a wandering condition. Moffat translated this verse and he said that he revives life in me. He revives life in me. That the analogy being that life is sometimes like one of the old watches that had to be wound, that it runs down. My father-in-law has a beautiful um, timepiece, one of the old-fashioned grandfather clocks, and and it, it's it's beautiful and rhythmic in its motion, and the sound of it striking the notes of the time and the day, very very interesting. But it runs down, and so. Every day he has to go and get the key out and wind it back up. And in life sometime that happens to us. The best of people can run down. And we like the watch. Our human spirit becomes depleted and we lose our focus or we lose our drive or we lose that push or up in life and we, our life becomes just a drudgery. Life can become so depleted by the demands that are on it and by all of the pressures that are on it and sometimes because of our own carnality that we weary even of life. And the promise 
of the shepherd is that he would restore my soul. Life has a way of squeezing the spirit out of you. But it is interesting that in sheep husbandry, there is an exact parallel to this statement, he restoreth my soul. And that is a simple fact about sheep is that they sometimes become what is known in that world as cast. That they, they get down on the ground, they lay down to rest, and they roll over on their side, and if they're not careful, they can roll too far, and their equilibrium is knocked off, and their center of balance is lost, and they roll over on their back, and then they're hopeless. They cannot get back up on their feet. They, it is impossible for them to be able to restore themselves. They can't turn themselves. They don't have the muscle. They don't have the willpower. They don't know how. And so they tell me that when a sheep becomes cast, it is one of the most pathetic sights that you can see because it is laying there on its back, legs in the air, flailing and bleeding, crying out for someone or something to come to their rescue. And when they are in this position, it is extremely dangerous. They tell me, that when they get in this cast position, that something happens internally in a sheep and gases begin to build up inside of their system and their lungs and their, 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 their arteries and, and that gas is toxic and, and it begins to cut off circulation to the areas of their body, especially their extremities, their legs become numb. And while they're laying there, if they are allowed to stay in that position for too long a period of time, they will literally die of natural causes. They will die of their own toxicity. They will die laying there without having a predator come on them or an enemy attack them. They die because they are cast. They've gotten on their back and they can't get up. Anybody ever been in a place where you were just down and you just couldn't seem to get up? That's exactly what the psalmist had in mind. He was talking about the sheep. That for whatever reason, and there are several that I will show you that cause them to get in this position, but they get down and they cannot get back up. They don't know how to get up. It's not in them to know how to get up. And so it becomes the responsibility of the shepherd to come after them and get them back on their feet. Do you understand me tonight when I tell you that it doesn't matter what has knocked you down. It is God's obligation as my shepherd. If he is my shepherd, he has committed himself. I said he has committed himself to never leave me in that kind of condition. He will never leave me when I am down and out. He will never leave me when I am depressed and discouraged. He has made a commitment to me that because I am your shepherd, my responsibility is to make sure that you get back on your feet again. Woo! 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, there, there is in fact a truth that if they get in that position for long, they will die. And the shepherd knows that. And so it is his work with them and for them that will help get them back up and get them going again. It's good to know that God will never leave me nor forsake me. But he will go with me to the end of the world. And that whatever causes me to be cast down, whatever it is, and you're going to be amazed at what causes a sheep to be cast. And it's so, it, it so parallels human life. It's scary. As a matter of fact, as I studied and read up, it embarrassed me how closely my life paralleled that of a sheep. And it doesn't matter how it happened. It doesn't matter where it happened. It doesn't matter when it happened. My shepherd has made a commitment to me. I will not leave you like that. I will not walk away from you like that. I'm going to do everything in my power to get you back on your feet. I'm going to do everything in my power to put you back in the fold. Hallelujah. Don't you ever let the devil lie to you and tell you that you're hopeless. Don't ever let the devil lie to you and tell you that you're of no account. I don't care how you fall. And I don't care how many times you fall. He is always going to come back and do his best to get you back on his on your feet. Amen. I don't care how many times you fall. If, a, if, if he's a good shepherd, he's going to keep coming back. Praise God. Now, that's foreign to some of us because some of us have got the idea. I don't don't know where we got it, but we've got the idea that God is this mean, hard, unkind, unmerciful, limited. He only goes so far, and then he cuts us off. And that is so foreign to Scripture. It is so foreign to what the Word of God said. Many are the souls who carry the idea that when a child of God falls, when he is frustrated or when he is helpless in a spiritual dilemma, that God becomes disgusted or fed up with us or even furious with us because of our failures. When the truth is, when you see the picture that David paints in the psalm, he paints the picture of a heart of one who comes running over the, the land. He comes running out across the field to find that one sheep that has fallen and cannot get up. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. If you're down tonight, let me tell you some good news. God is on His way to help get you back up. Praise God. Somebody ought to throw your hands up right now. And say, thank you, God, that you're on your way to help me right now. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Can you understand me tonight when I tell you that cast people are his concern? People whose lives have been turned upside down for whatever reason are his concern. And he's reaching for the frustrated. He's reaching for the fallen. 
He's reaching for the down and out. He's reaching for the undone to restore them. He wants to pick me up. He wants to put me back on my feet. He wants to get me back into the fold. He wants to turn me and put me back on the right path. Praise God. No matter when or where or how it happened. Praise God. No matter when or where or how it happened. He comes to lift me. When sheep are in this condition, they are very vulnerable. They're helpless and they are easy prey for predators. And there is nothing, listen to me, there is nothing that arouses the constant care and diligent attention of the shepherd like this one fact about his sheep that they can become cast, that they can become downtrodden, that they can become overwhelmed with the weight of life and with the burdens of life. That is, I, I've read, read after one shepherd and he said one of the constant concerns that he had when he became a shepherd and when he became over this particular flock was to make sure that he counted them every time they came in from the field and he counted them when they went out so that if there was ever a time that one of them was unaccounted for, he said, I was quick to the field. He said, I would go and stand and look out across the horizon. And if I saw buzzards circling anywhere, I would hurry to that spot because that's where my animal was or that's where my sheep was. He said, that was my greatest concern. And David knew that concern. And when he thought about his own life and how many times he had been down and how many times God had come and lifted him back up, he no wonder he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. And he restoreth my soul No matter how it happened No matter when it happened No matter where it happened He restores my soul David was comforted by the thought That God would not leave him in his condition My, my, my He would not leave him to his own failure and sheep become cast because of their own failure, because of their own problems. And he would not leave them. When he was down, David knew what it was like for God to watch over and pick him up. And it is a shepherd's responsibility to find them and get them back on their feet. Praise God. His job is to save and restore. That's his job. That's what my good shepherd's responsibility is, is to save and restore me, Brother George. No matter how many times I fail. Now, I know that's foreign because somehow in our Pentecostalism, we've got this line out there that whenever you cross it, you've gone beyond the point of no return. And I remember being scared to death as a child. People preached about going beyond the point of no return. There may be one out there. I don't know. But what I do know is that what I see in this book is a good shepherd that sees me and he knows me. He knows my weaknesses. He knows what I'm vulnerable to. And he said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake 
you when you fail me. It's my responsibility to help get you back on your feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to make an excuse for sin. I'm just saying that when you fail, God is there. And he is ready to save. Repeatedly he saves. Repeatedly he restores. This one shepherd that I read after said there was one particular sheep in his fold that had a knack for getting cast. He said, I could just count on it about once a week. I would have to go and pick it up and put it back on its feet. And he knew his sheep and so he would watch out for that one. Do you know God knows us? He knows which one of us are more vulnerable to be cast than anybody. He knows which one of us are weaker than the other. And he doesn't make fun of us for that. He doesn't separate us and say, okay, you're a lesser saint and you're a greater saint. He calls us all his people. He calls us all his children. Whether you're great or you're small. And he said, I am your shepherd. And I don't care who your name is or what your pocketbook size is. I just want you to know. I can take care of you praise God praise God my goodness anybody get anything out of what's being said tonight his job is to get me up when I'm down praise God they can struggle but they can't help themselves and there are several reasons and I better hurry on because time's getting away how does a sheep become cast there are many things in life that can topple a person and knock them off their feet, and they're paralleled by what is known as a cast sheep. Number one, sheep become cast when they are in a soft spot. They say that sheep, when they are bedding down or when they are laying down in the grass, many of them will like to seek out the softest spot. Some of them are hollowed out areas and the grass has grown up, but it's nice and comfortable and easy and soft. And so that's where they want to go. And so they get in that nice, comfortable, easy little position. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, they made the wrong turn and they're on their back and they cannot get back up. How true it is in life. There is a danger in looking for the easy way rather than the hard way. Time, when we think we have, there are times, I should say, when we think we have it made, that we are most vulnerable to fall. Paul said it like this, Wherefore let him thinketh, or let him that thinketh he stand, take heed lest he fall. Anyone who has lived this life for any length of time has discovered that we are often most vulnerable to failure when we are most sure of ourselves. I don't want you to show a hand tonight, but I wonder how many of you would admit tonight that some of your greatest failures have come after some of your greatest victories. Sunday night, breakthrough, God blesses, you feel the touch of God on your life, you love everybody, there's not an enemy in the world, and you turn and walk out, and the next thing you know, you have come face to face with a devil, and the next thing you know, you've said something you shouldn't have said or done something you shouldn't have done. It's happened to all of us. None of us are exempt from that. 
None of us. You see, our comfort is not his concern. Our character is. What we're becoming is more important to God than whether we feel comfortable tonight. And when life gets comfortable, you need to be careful. Because that is a place where you can be vulnerable to be cast. You can get down in that kind of position and not get back up. So be careful the soft spots in life. Be careful wanting the easy road. Because character is not built on the easy road. Endurance is not built when there's no resistance. The only way endurance is built is when there is some kind of resistance. And we despise resistance. We don't want problems. But a lot of times the problems that God sends into our life are for the purpose of perfecting us and making us what we ought to be. And we fight those problems as if they are from the devil. Be careful of those soft spots in life. Number two, they become cast sometimes because of seasonal issues, such as when they become expectant with lamb. They are carrying a heavier weight than usual. And so it is in life that there are times when life is heavier than at other times. There are times when the weight of life gets us down. The responsibilities that are on us. The duties that we are called to fulfill. The cares of life weigh us down. And we can become, as the psalmist depicted, cast or fallen and can't get up. We, we, we are taken down by the weight of what is on us. The responsibility, the heaviness of life. And God said, whenever that happens... You can count on me. I'm going to help get you back on your feet. They are vulnerable. Number three, when they have too much wool. When they are heavy with wool, many things can become attached to their wool. It is not uncommon for them to pick up sticks and briars and mud and even their own waste becomes matted in their wool. And it becomes heavy. Such a heaviness that when they get down, the collection, the accumulation of things, not one thing, but many things that attach themselves to their wool, drags them down so that when they do get down, they cannot get back up. Wool is a type of the flesh in Scripture. It is interesting to note that no high priest was allowed to wear wool when he entered into the Holy of Holies because wool depicted the old life. It depicted the self-life, pride, personal preference, my own will, my own desire. And God absolutely would not tolerate that in His presence. And so the priest could not come in to the Holy of Holies with any kind of wool garment on. Wool speaks of the area of my life in which I am in closest contact with the world. And it is there in that daily living 
that I find things becoming attached to me that weigh me down. Worldly ideas, a worldly mindset or a way of looking at life that is void of God's perspective. Things, greed, selfishness, and the list goes on and on. And these two weigh me down and they drag me down and even hold me down until death often comes. If I am to walk with God successfully, this is an area of my life that I must deal with drastically. When a sheep becomes too heavy with wool and too many things become attached to it, it is necessary for the shepherd to shear them. Now, please understand me when I tell you that shearing is not a pleasant experience for the sheep. They tell me that they bleat and they cry and they buck and they kick. And many times in the effort of trying to shear them, they will become nicked and they will even be cut. But they, it is all necessary in order to spare them and save them. No wonder when Paul wrote to the Colossian church about the new life, he talked about such matters. Listen to what it says. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. But Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. It said, If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing His resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Verse number 5, so kill, deaden, deprive of power, cut off the evil desire lurking in your members. Those animal impulses and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness, for that is idolatry, the deifying of self and other created things instead of God. Verse number 6. It is on account of these, these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who are obstinately opposed to the divine will. Verse number 7 among whom you also once walked when you were living in and addicted to such practices. Verse 8, But now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things. Cut it off. Everybody say cut it off. Why? Because it is what causes you to be cast down. It is what causes you to become discouraged. It is what causes you to become depressed. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, 
filthy communication out of your mouth. Let me read it from the Amplified Bible. But now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things. Anger, rage, bad feelings toward others. Woo! Cursing, slander, foul-mouthed abuse, and shameful utterances from your lips. He said, cut it off. Cut it off. Get rid of it. You don't need it. It may be painful. It may hurt for a moment, but you're going to joy and rejoice over it because those are the things that keep people down. Those are the things that keep people depressed. Those are the things that keep people discouraged. And those are the things that will lead to a spiritual death. They're toxic, folks. I said they're toxic. They, they are toxic. And the shepherd said, that's what causes a sheep to be cast. That's why they get down and they can't get back up. You've got to get rid of it. You've got to get it out of your heart. There are things that become attached to my life that I have to get rid of on a daily basis. Paul said, I die daily. Paul, probably the most spiritual and the closest man to ever walk with God. And yet he said, in my life, I have come to understand that it is necessary for me to die daily. I have to die to myself. I have to die to my will. I have to die to what I want. Because if I don't, there rises up in me an attitude, a spirit, a desire, a thought, an, an image, an, a, a, an impression that will lead me away from the will of God. And the psalmist said, when I am cast down, he will restore my soul. The fourth reason that a, that a sheep can become cast, and be careful how I say this, is because they become too nourished. Too nourished. Too nourished. They get too much food. They eat too well. And they never do anything with what they are given. They never exercise themselves so that what they have been given becomes part of them and then it has become useful to their spiritual life. And so people get down. I want to tell you what I have discovered in my pastoral experience. That the people who are most prone to complain and the people who fall prey to complaining the most are the ones who have been blessed the most in their life. And they are spiritually fat, and they are spiritually well-nourished, but they never do anything with what God puts in them. And instead of it going to spiritual muscle, it goes to spiritual lard. Yeah, and it weighs them down. The most difficult people that I know to deal with are people that never do anything with the blessings of God that come to their life. They feel like they're entitled to it. They think it is all for their enjoyment. They think that God does all that for their good. 
Sometimes God disciplines us for our own good. If you don't believe that, read Hebrews 12. And he said, though it's never good for a season, it always winds up producing a fruit that is worth having. Toughness in life and the toughness that it takes to face life and endure the the reversals that come can only come through discipline and endurance and hardship, not through just being fed. He will not expect more than you can stand, but he will expose you to what will strengthen you and make you a better person. You want me to say that again? He will not expect more of you than you can stand, but he will expose you to what is necessary to strengthen you and make you a better person. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God will with every temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to what? Bear it. Amen. Praise God. He restores them to their feet. He puts them back in the flock. He puts them back in fellowship. And he puts them back in the favor of the shepherd. God knows what he's doing with my life. And he will restore my soul. Amen. He will restore my soul. When I'm down, when I am overwhelmed, when I have become depleted, when life is demanding more of me than I feel like I can give, and when the pressures of life are mounting and mounting and mounting, he has promised that if I'll walk with him, he will never leave me in that condition. Praise God. God will never leave you down. He will restore your soul. Life can squeeze it out of you. It can take the spirit out of you. Situations on your job or at home or in marriage sometimes, it can, it can suck the very life out of you. And it's important to know that when that happens, when you get down, when you get discouraged, when you're, when you're feeling low, that God cares. Amen. God cares. And God not only cares, but He is looking out for me. And He knows. He knows when I'm that way. God can still lead me. He can still guide me. And He will. In life, we wander sometimes. And in life, we, we do get down. But He has promised. He will never leave us nor forsake. Where did we ever get the idea that God was some mean, spirited something somewhere in another world that stood over the balconies of heaven with a lightning bolt in one hand and a hammer in the other waiting for us to step out of line so he could put us out of commission? Not so. Because the Lord is my shepherd, David said, I shall not want for restoration. When I get down, and David knew what it was to be down. Way, way, way down. Down because of sin. Down because of failure. Down because of family issues. You're not the only one that's ever had family problems. Go read David's story. Read of all the family problems that he had. But he found that God was one who never left him down. He never left him in that condition. 
God was always working to get him back on his feet. Praise God. I need to tell somebody that tonight. God is working to get you on your feet. You may feel like you're a million miles from where God wants you to be tonight, but that's okay. He knows where you're at. You may even feel like the buzzards are already starting to circle overhead and get ready for the kill. But you just hear me tonight. God's not going to let that happen. He's not going to let that happen. His eye is constantly spanning the horizon. He's constantly counting his sheep. He knows his sheep. And the Bible said they know his voice. And he calls his sheep by what? Their name. Every sheep had a name. Every one of them. And the shepherd remembered all of them. I think about that sometimes. I think, God, I can't even remember the people in my church. And yet you can remember all of us. And not only that, you remember everything about me. You know my idiosyncrasies. You know my weaknesses. You know where I'm vulnerable to fall. You know me, God. And you know if I'm one of those that has a tendency to wander away. And you know if I'm one of those that has a tendency to get down. Praise God. Some of you get down because you get down. <laughs> you do. You get depressed because you're depressed. And you think, oh God, what's wrong with me? I don't know. There's a lot of things that could happen. You could have too much weight on you right now. You could be carrying too heavy a load tonight. I don't know. Maybe life is just too heavy for you. Maybe the demands on you are more than you can carry. Maybe you just let too many things accumulate in your life. Maybe you need to go through a shearing process. Maybe you've just been wanting the soft spot in life. Maybe you didn't want any adversity. Maybe you didn't want any challenges in life. And so now you're in a place where you feel like you're just as, as far down as a person could get without being on the wrong side. I don't care how you got there. I don't care when it happened. I don't care where it happened. I don't care how many times it's happened. This book tells me that because he is my shepherd, he has taken on the responsibility of finding me and getting me back on my feet. Praise God. Somebody ought to stand to their feet right now and just say, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you won't leave me. Thank you that you won't forsake me. Thank you, God, that you won't ever walk away from me. You won't ever leave me to my own devices. You won't ever leave me to my own way. You're going to do your best. You're going to come after me. You're going to come after me over and over and over and over and over again. Because I'm yours. I belong to you. You're my shepherd. You're my shepherd. You're my shepherd. You're my shepherd. When I'm depressed. When I'm frustrated. When I'm discouraged. When I feel hopeless. When I feel helpless. When I feel vulnerable, Lord. God, you have promised to not leave me in that condition. You have promised that you will never walk away from me. You'll never leave me, Lord, nor forsake me. You'll go with me to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.